Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that is too old to rock but not too old to wear a jean jacket (laughs) my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our preparation for next month's madness continues as we head into patreon country and give you a sampling of our i've seen that tier and whether you've worn a Mr. Bungle t-shirt or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll up in your no-bed-no-hole. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, and you can uh, follow us out on social media. Uh, we are out on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and monster shenanigans. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, February 10th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where you will find they have your giant monster shenanigans taken care of indoors and virtually. Ah, And genius. The Friday this episode releases ooh, on a cold February morn. Our latest Friday Night Fright is an annual classic, mm-hmm. a tradition. Mm-hmm. It is a way of life. It is a way of life. Oh, I'm so excited. This is one of those slashers that just grows on you because the charm gets more and more every year. It just seems to get better and better and better and better. Well, the incredible thing I had happen to me last year was uh, one of my favorite characters in My Bloody Valentine is Hollis, Mm -hmm. because I think everyone needs a friend like Hollis. Oh, yeah. He's the glue of the gang. Oh, yeah. Their whole goof crew. Well, and what blew my mind was, as kind-hearted as he is, as an amazing of a chef on the engine block that he is... Uh You know a little film called uh, Class of 1984? Uh-huh. He's the muscle of the gang. He's the heavy? He's the heavy. Get the fuck out of town. Oh, lovable Hollis is the heavy of 84? It blew we my, are the future. It blew my mind. Suburbanite. Get the fuck out of That's crazy. That's what we call range. That's crazy. Okay. It, wow. It, it really makes you appreciate yeah. everything he does <laughs> in that film. <laughs> Now, that being said, looking forward to our next Friday Night Fright. And honestly, man, I saw this in the theater. Mm -hmm. I saw it at the Oak Park Plaza. So not in the mall. Mm -hmm. Remember that one that was across Uh the way? Uh It was 1998. I knew nothing going in. But walking out of that movie, I was forever changed. And I know you probably had the same experience. Mm -hmm. I hope to see you all out for a little film. Tony, this is for you. The Blade. 
amazing, life-changing experience. Right? That right? first bloodbath scene. You know what? Between this and uh, Howard the Duck, this started the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're, no, you are correct. And this is technically the first R-rated. R-rated. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, Deadpool's the first R-rated. going to be the first R-rated. No, Blade fuck, did it right. Wesley Snipes established so much in that film mm-hmm. from the brutal violence <laughs> to the sexuality because genius, what are you going to be? But I'm going to be a naughty vampire god. <laughs> fucking Donald Loge killing it. And then fucking the special effect. Fresh shit, right? Even the goofy tornado monster at the end. When the skeletons come out, that's cool. Yep. That's hella cool. And Udo Kier, anything, anything and everything you want with a vampire wonderful. film. We hope to see you out for that one because that is going to be a lot of fun. The Blade is the shit. The I hope we get a lot of first timers. I hope we get a lot of first timers. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I guarantee you will. We always get a good large portion of people that are always kind of curious. And mm-hmm. in this case, a lot of regulars that are still a lot of first-timers as well. So thank you all for coming out. Now, that being said, uh, the other repertory screenings that are happening on the weekend of the 10th, uh, a film that's an I've seen that for me, and I could only I've seen my way through it is because I knew it carried an X rating with it. Ooh. The Cook, The Thief, Her Wife, and Her Lover. Mm-hmm. I, I know that it's naughty. It's ribald, but it's not like... It's a different kind of ribald. Mm-hmm. It's like masterpiece theater ribald as opposed to Skinamax ribald. That's fair. So that's fair. Yeah. It's, so you, you can keep your pinky out mm-hmm. while you're getting the rocks off. No, that's right. appropriate. <laughs> keep your pinky out while your pants are down. It's perfect. Now, of course, then the other screening, a movie we have both seen, uh, we have both hosted, a movie that has carried me and been with me for many years. Tony Scott's True Romance. Oh, man, that movie's so good. It's, Which It's fucked up, but it's good. But it also carries, you will have a, you will pull something. You're going to have so many Rick Dalton moments. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. And yes, that is Val Kilmer as Elvis. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. A favorite performance in that one for you? Well, yeah. Are you a Dreskel guy? Yeah, and there's just too many <laughs> off the top of my head, but that movie is so fucking good. I mean, like, it has the Tarantino flair all through it. I mean, you can tell with the dialogue, the character, and I think, like, reined in Scott, and, like, it's just properly well done. The conversation between Walken and Hopper, mm-hmm. it's got a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, then, on the on Valentine's Day, as tradition at Screenland, a movie I only saw for the first time a few years ago. It's fucking slick, isn't it? James Whalen's Bride of Frankenstein is incredible. Elsa Lancaster is beautiful well, and terrifying and just the pathos that she goes through. Same thing with Karloff. Yeah, and I didn't... My, I've seen that. You could probably tell I BS my way because technically, really, she shows up in person at the beginning and then really at the very end. Uh-huh. And then the rest of it is his journey with... And then Pretorius showing up with... With Dr. Pretorius. I'm and just his waiting little for, people. Yeah, I'm just waiting for like the pineal glands to come out and shit the first time. I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, no, right? But no, <laughs> we showed this back in the day, way back in the day um, for Horror Club Valentine. Mm-hmm. And um, it is so 
wonderful. And again, it's like 70 minutes tops, that, but it packs a lot of good punch. And for those people who are like, oh, black and white films, these old movies, there's nowhere. No, 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 no. I challenge someone to find a horror movie as good as The Bride of Frankenstein with the same tones and themes mm-hmm. today as they have now. Many people have tried. Many people have failed. Bride of Frankenstein is is a phenomenal film. It Capital is, F. It is legit. Yeah. It is very Capital legit. Capital F. Now, obviously, a lot of good stuff that happens here at Screenland, and we just soak it in mm-hmm. as we can here in the Kansas City area. But... If you're uh, you know, picking up what we're putting down, you're like, you know, I like the the cut of Screenland's jib. What's a jib? <laughs> Promote that man. <laughs> a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, of course, head on over to uh, ScreenlandOnline.com, where they have a number of films that you can rent from them directly. Or even better, become a member of their film family by heading over to Patreon.com slash Screenland, where, of course, we offer up a little uh, watch party as one of their perks and their tiers. Uh, we call it the Shutter Shoutout, mm-hmm. and our next one is going to be happening on Saturday, February twenty fifth. Uh, I'm going to be watching a film for the first time. Mm-hmm. You're taking in two films, yeah, for the first time, and I feel bad because have I overhyped the one I've seen? I uh, for a wounded fawn, no, mm-hmm. because okay. I I trust your judgment. Okay, that's fair, good. And I've heard some good things about that. I heard that it's weird, and you know I'm always down for weird. I know you like weird. Yeah, and that see no evil, right? Speak no evil. Is that the one with Kane? That is not the one with Kane. I like we've gone off track two different ways <laughs> this way. It is, I understand it's international. And I hear it's intense. Oh, yeah? So I think it'll play as a different kind of, at least tonally, because A Wounded Fawn is weird. And like I said, the closing credits get wacky and definitely rival Pearl. I think you will have I loved Pearl's it. closing credits. I loved Pearl's closing credits. But it's it goes in a different way that Pearl does, but I think okay. you will be intrigued. All right. Now, if you are intrigued, of course, both of those films are streaming on Shutter, But by joining the film family... Uh, you're going to have access to, what do you call it, Genius? It's the home game. As we provide a customized pre-show, a video introduction where Genius and myself give you some uh, context to the movies, uh, vintage trailer reel for each movie, and of course, the post-film discussion where <laughs> we will be processing both of the movies we are taking in. Mm-hmm. Now, if that sounds interesting, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But Genius, I'm talking Patreon and Film Family. Hey. Bellies. We also have our own collection of folks on Patreon. And as we are going through the entirety mm-hmm. of this month, we are highlighting a lot of the things that we offer up on Patreon as we are right now in preparation for next month's Into the, the Mouth, Mouth of March, of March Madness. Madness. Yes. And as we just literally saw. We're going through a lot yeah, to we, take in the madness. There's a lot of stuff we got to do. It, oh, these guys are having fun. And we don't get us wrong. We are it's having fun, fun watching those old movies and revisiting. But fuck, trying to whittle it down and then trying to find. And when an hour and 36 long minute turns into two, two and, two and, and a half hours. Out. Yeah, that's. Yeah. The madness we are taking in. Mm-hmm. Now that being. Of Lovecraftian proportions. And it was well worth. And honestly, may lead. Two Two upsets, possibly. We'll we'll talk about it when we get there. We'll see. Don't want to spoil anything. We'll see. Now, um, last week we talked about our entry level tier, the Squidly Diddly tier. 
The next tier up. Speaking of. Yes. Uh, is our uh, tier called the I've Seen That Tier. Mm-hmm. Now, you will get access to all of the stuff that we talked about last week. That mm-hmm. is the content of the Shutter Shoutouts, the Friday Night Frights pre-show and trailers, the three I've Seen That episodes a week. But wait, there's more. The main perk of this tier is once a month, we are going to be talking a newly released horror movie. Mm-hmm. And that's why, primarily on the main feed now, you never see right. any episodes devoted to new horror. It's all the theme months. Yeah, and we have just devoted that to Patreon. And quite honestly, in 2022... Aces. Oh, my God. Aces. Every month. In fact, one month, we combine two, two. of them. And we might have to do that again. We're looking at February and March. We so, might have to do that again. So many wonderful new films, which means new experiences, new conversations, and... As it turns out, and new jokes, oh, and new my. and new things. Speaking of Bride of Frankenstein, and new experiences, making monsters, making memories, making it's alive. Peripheral viewing experiences <laughs> have been some of my favorite theatrical at home sandwiches. Oh, incredible! And in fact, looking back, a lot of them in theater one. Yeah, as it turns out, that's <laughs> one. And the one you all are going to have access to is our thoughts on Jordan Peele's Nope, which, an amazing movie, made our best of, you know, 2022, Mm -hmm. but is also responsible for a moment that the movie made the best of 2022. I think one of the moments with us watching that made it in a way of the best of 2022. God bless The Simpsons. And it is because of The Simpsons <laughs> that it carried its way from the screening to our conversation. I'm a goddamn monster. I've always been a monster, but now it almost has like a theme. Now it's almost got like its own bat signal of monsterness. And it's appropriate given the film itself and the beauty and guess what? Divisive nature of Jordan Peele's Nope. Yeah. I mean... To this day, still, I think with every time a Jordan Peele puts his name on anything now, it's, it's going to lead to division. But I think we're both firmly in the camp that we it. enjoyed the shit out of no. It gets better every time I see it. Mm-hmm. So we hope you enjoy uh, this talk on Nope <laughs> and how its influence is continuing to be felt here on the main feed. <laughs> and, and in Media Rewind, it Cronenberg, it went on to other podcasts and became its own monster of itself. Well, it's appropriate because, uh, spoiler alert, uh, on the conversation and on the show, we did invite Dustin Pryor from the Media Rewind mm-hmm. podcast because he was also part... <laughs> the monster! That's, you know what? He's always with the monster. It's always the monster. Back in Mandy, he was the monster with the Thurman Merman with me. He's the common denominator <laughs> in a lot of these instances where... The little angel and a devil appear on your shoulder, and he just seems to push it towards the devil's right? side. Or they're actually, it's like, bloop, one side's Greg, one side's Dustin. And then Dustin's got my weight nerd. <laughs> He's like, you know that's funny. I'm like, I know, that's hella funny. <laughs> we did have a lot of fun with this one. So thank you, Dustin, for making part of this memory. Thank you, good sir. <laughs> and thank Gentle Ben. <laughs> And Bonzo the Clown. No, Bon... Gordy. Gordy. Gordy the Chimpanzee. And, and, and Wine and Zoloft. 
and Chris Kattan. <laughs> killing, killing it, as it. always. Killing it! So please enjoy uh, this conversation where we talk the newly released film, uh, Nope, again, this part of the I've Seen That tier. Yeah, enjoy yourselves. I'm a monster. <laughs> Consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from. This is the nightmare. <laughs> keep it, keep it. Let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the Burt Reynolds treatment here in a second. Know, right? <laughs> Dustin, just just give him a good smack. <laughs> I'm sorry, JJ. I take these bleeds. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's try that again. <laughs> Weaving in and out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, or podcast that once owned at least two BJ and the Bear lunchboxes. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's Patreon-only episode, we're mounting up and kind of heading to the Old West as we talk sitcom monkeys, mishaps, and more as we delve into Jordan Peele's Nope. And if you're listening in, thank you for being one of the wacky wranglers that help make up our Nightmare Junkhead film family. And of course, thank you for going beyond Squiddly Diddly, all up in your technical difficulties hole. Boy, you, speaking of technical difficulties, <laughs> my goodness gracious. This is if we had that live feed. We would That would just be the background, I think, for the right? entirety of... Of this episode, if oh, we're heavens. staying on, on brand here. Now, it should be noted, of course, uh, this episode is being released on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you in the Another Time or Another Place tier, you would have heard our commentary on the Burbs, which Sardine. went. <laughs> it was great. I was going to say, it, it went offline, but, but for I think a Dante the best film, ones. that's about par for the course. It is very appropriate. But this is one of those horror films that I remember from the first trailer. I was like, that's got to be July's new horror yeah. episode. Yeah. And, and and controversial director. And that's just it. Another one of those up-and-comers that, unlike the name of Ari Aster, mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily instill a lot of vitriol in you, Genius McGee. Right. In fact, the opposite. I'm like, ooh, yes. a new Jordan Beale movie. And a movie like this is a very big deal, and it is so big we realized we needed to bring in another member of the film family. Now, of course, you know him as one of the co-hosts of the Media Rewind podcast. Please welcome back film family member, Dustin Pryor. Hello, guys. Hello. How are you? Zap. <laughs> Zap. Zap. <laughs> oh, the old Jonathan, Jonathan Winters, Jonathan Waters conundrum. <laughs> so if anyone did listen to our Serial Mom episode, yeah, Dustin is the source of that particular now vernacular in the podcast i'm telling you man it was it was years before i figured out the differentiation between the two and there's there's huge differentiation between the two right speaking of zap we're gonna have to get zapped today man because yeah baby doesn't guffaw well, we're, mo we're monsters there's way too much monkey business going around <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of it ladies and gentlemen just accept it and it should we're be monsters. noted <laughs> we are recording in the back room at Screenland, where Dustin and Genius just took in Nope 
for the first time. Mm-hmm. I and will... it's a resounding, yup, yep. go see the film. This yep. film's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that film is rad. Well, before we get proper into Nope, we just talked. You're a fan of mm-hmm. Jordan Peele Genius. Oh, yeah. Dustin, what has your relationship been with uh, his work so far? Uh, everything so far. I mean, he hasn't missed yet. I mean, granted, I would say, and and the new Candyman, granted, wasn't quote his, Mm -hmm. but he still had you know a a partial hand in it. I really enjoyed Candyman. I loved Get Out. Um, I liked Us, but after I figured out what was going on, you know, it was a thinker. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very much a thinking horror film. Were you big on any of his Key and Peele stuff back then? Oh, absolutely. Okay, (laughs) but Lace Darius Buckshank, Donkey (laughs) Teeth. What I like, what I love, is when you go back to that original stuff, you see the seeds of genre planted oh, yeah. all yeah. over yeah. the mm-hmm. show. Be it the horror adjacent stuff, the sci-fi adjacent stuff, and <laughs> the that Gremlins two stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that Joe Dante himself was like, "Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much true. That's, that's pretty on. much true." But from speaking the, of things that are kind of true on screen, like, oh. <laughs> and that's just we'll, we'll it. get an SNL later. Well, yeah, well, that's what's fun with him so <laughs> far is. He starts in comedy and then gains a huge following. In fact, did any of you guys see Keanu? Uh, no, I have not yet. I'm shocked you have. I know, and me too, because it's Keen Peel about a kitty cat. <laughs> and like, I want to see Keanu. A I just kidnapped seen kitty cat named Keanu. Come on, right? man. Like, this is right up your alley. I know. It's, and, and so I want to see it. I just haven't got to it yet. But at the same time, like, I always have enjoyed Keen Peel stuff. And which was weird, a lot of people were like, Oh, comedians can't do horror when he first came out with like he won because he didn't go he went to a comedic movie first, but mm-hmm. then he's like, I'm going straight to horror. And so like I think a lot of people um pigeonhole comedians into like you can only be funny, you can't do other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad people are like coming around like with Jim Carrey, like some of his dramatic shit is really good too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And like things like that. Um so I'm glad there are people who are like, Okay, let's see what um Mr. Comedian can do with horror, and his first one was fucking Get Out, and it knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park with that one. My and like, so everybody's like, okay, let's see what else he's got. And that's why I wasn't shocked, because I think if anyone that's listened to this show, we talk the overlap of horror and humor, yeah, and how they're both you know tools for catharsis, but they're also a lot of the inspiration comes out of despair. Mm-hmm. Again, the funniest people you know are the saddest people you know. Those are the ones, again, that comes yeah. from a place. And the same thing with like horror in a lot of ways. The, the, the ones who can show some of the most nightmarish scenarios are the ones who suffer from those nightmares. Like, this is why I'm afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you can get good horror and good comedy from people who suffer from tragedy. And that's what's kind of interesting when you watch Get Out. And I don't know if how long has it been since you've rewatched it. Uh, probably six months after it was released. So I mean, been it's, a it's been a while. Yeah. And again, it's one of those that is Newark genius. Oh, it's been a minute since I've seen it, but I think I've seen since the theater. I've seen it like maybe about another two or three times. Well, okay, so, that's pretty yeah. substantial. Then. I, I enjoyed it. Oh, and, and but one thing. Okay, so before we get into this, uh, the thing about Jordan Peele, one thing a lot of his critics will like to just the first thing. Oh, he's too woke and blah blah blah. You know, at oh. the same time, it's like it's the director's story and his point of view. Right. But at the same time, I think with this movie. I think people can't rely on that argument so much. Oh, absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. This they so people can like, oh, I don't like his stuff. It's too woke and there's too much of a message and all that. There's messages and stuff in mm-hmm. this one, but it's not on the like political or um socioeconomic thing. It's more like man versus nature scenario. Mm-hmm. So I hope people who were more critical 
for bad reasons. I know. I <laughs> you know, know? I, I, know. I was trying. I'm trying to tiptoe around like saying no, you're wrong, but like people who are critical. Oh no, they're wrong. They're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> anyone that says horror isn't political that or has is, it, it hasn't been paying attention exactly it, what does that mean you know tell me you haven't seen a horror film mm-hmm. by, right by telling me. that yeah. you haven't seen a horror film yeah. right so i hope that, that that argument gets shut down quick with this one well I, I think with with some of the newer directors that are coming out in particular the the voices of color you know jordan peele being one of them he, they're easily dismissed as being too woke because of the subjects that they're choosing to take on you know th- this is not anything new I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the same motifs and in, in the the trends that are going on in movies nowadays have are just repetitive of things that have kept coming up in in African American culture, in you know Pacific Islander culture, and those kind of things that are easily dismissed. You you can easily dismiss it as woke if you're uncomfortable with the subject matter right, that yes. they're dealing with. Yes. Exactly, that's super good. For example, like um, if you are, know that you're not gonna like the movie about the subject, don't watch it. Mm-hmm. So like for example. Um, culture shock, right? Directed right, right, by right. a Mexican, Latina, Latina, right? About the horrors of becoming gentrified, crossing mm-hmm. the border. You know the white people are going to be the villains in this one. Right. So if you don't like when white people are the villains, don't fucking watch it and say, "Oh, it's too woke." That's the message. That's right. what the point is trying to say. And I so. think the best of the directors, though, can make that point work, but then at the same time entertain you right and in some ways some of the people then the anti-wokers they watch a movie and go that's amazing my favorite is like starship troopers people that watch that they go dude i was rooting for them the entire time <laughs> you know when it said it was afraid i was there and you're like right. okay okay so okay the baggage you bring the perspective of the filmmaker but when you look at someone like jordan peele he's got a lot to say you know yeah. and get out is one of those i remember both of us when we were watching that in the theater by the time that ending came up, when we saw the sirens, oh, we better we were, fucking not. Oh, I was pissed. We were on the edge of our yeah, seats. If, if this happens, if this is gonna go, for those You're of you gonna, who haven't seen it, if the, if the cops come up and shoot the dude, I'm gonna I'm a fucking riot. I'm a riot. <laughs> you were, I was and, hot. I was hot. <laughs> and I think you you can go back. We actually do have some main feed episodes where we did talk Get Out. Where for us that was just such a momentous thing, mm-hmm. and to see it, you know, back we I saw it at the Draft House. I saw it here at Screenland. And to see it with a crowd, to hear people react, and to see that perspective up on the screen, mainstream, on a yeah. you know, big budget Hollywood that some people will say, well, Get Out's not a horror film, it's more of a psychological thriller. Bullshit, Get Out's a horror film. Bullshit. It, it, it depends totally on your perspective. Of course. You know, that, that's, that's exactly what it is. For, for a, a Caucasian, cisgender, middle-aged white guy like me... We're, we're part of the problem, Dustin. Well, right. It might not be a horror film. It might be a social commentary. Yeah. But for somebody who has had to you know, live through you know, very similar instances mm-hmm. and circumstances, that very might well be the most traumatizing horror that they would ever have gone through. Right. And speaking of like, you know, horror and, and what's scary to one, a matter of perspective, like... There was not a lot of levity in this movie for a lot of people. However, for us, because we're monsters, because we're absolute I monsters. I think you're kind of Jordan Peele's folks in a lot of ways. Because <laughs> when we go from something like Get Out into Us, and like you said, Dustin, you know, you initially didn't really dig on it that much. In fact, that was probably his first divisive movie because not everyone dug it. Yeah. Because Get Out was kind of 
across the board's praise. Yeah, for the like, most yeah, part. Yeah, especially yeah. for the, the initial entry of yeah. a director. Yes, for your You're first film. You're going to have the uh, anti-wokers, you know, but who are going to hate it from because of the, the message and what's matter. going on. But yeah. For the most part, a lot of horror fans, it was it, it was definitely more of a positive spin than, say, oh. Malignant. You know what I'm saying? That Certainly. was super divisive. <laughs> now, Us was extremely divisive. That one, and, I mean, and not we, even, but I mean, with horror fans, because I didn't like it or mm-hmm. I didn't like it. And it wasn't even the message or anything like that, like the, the society, but. And that's just it. I think at this point, with his first few films, with you know him producing Candyman, is there is going to be an. Un- people assume there's an underlying message coming with his movies. So they're prepared for that baggage, like you said. And I think with us, it was more of a, just an homage to, like, Chud. Yeah, uh, yeah. A, a number of many things, like uh, um, the Cronenberg one with um, the, the twins. My God, what, Dead, oh, Ringers. Dead Ringers. You know, yeah, with, it was more of an us versus them yes. as opposed to, like, white versus black, like, and, and, I, and get out. And I dug the scares in it. Yeah, me too. Um, I love the... the F the fuck the police gag. <laughs> That's the thing also. His movies aren't, they're not horror comedies by any no, means. No, but there's funny aspects yes, to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. The way the characters are acting and reacting, it is funny. Right. For example, like, if I'm being chased by a slasher, theoretically it might not necessarily be a horror comedy, but some of my reactions and Would shit that I do laugh. is yeah. going to make yeah, things Yeah, because funny. I, I can picture you running from a slasher and like... <laughs> Yeah, your your feet moving a la Scooby Doo, and you get like the little dust trail coming up behind you before you actually start your motion forward. Or, or I come up with some sort of harebrained scheme to trap him. Yeah, some, like a big gigantic cardboard box with a stick on a rope. Rube Goldberg esque, you know, but yet it works somehow. But yet it's comical, like, well, and then they wind up like slapping him. That's like, why we need to invest in a giant chalkboard so you can at least <laughs> diagram it out and just have your grand scheme every week. Uh, uh, no, no ingenious, no ingenious for as long as I've known him. There's not enough chalk in this world to map that machine out. <laughs> right? All of a sudden, like, and then, oh, like, just like Zach Brad Mole Rat, we're going to tap him in the thing. Like, and, all you, and all you hear in the background, fuck it, we'll do it in post. That, and then the next thing you see is he's just going to be um, writing, I will not plan out a Ru- Rube Goldberg in scheme like, over and over. Come, I get caught by my own trap, but somehow, like, it backfires on me and the villain and captures both of us. And then you guys become friends. Let me tell you something about my best friend. That would be on brand. That would be a horror comedy. But you can't say Get Out is a horror comedy. You can't say Us is a horror comedy. But they do have the the the, the comedy bits, and that kind of I guess is going to lead us into initially the talk of Nope. And I remember the the first and only trailer I saw. I try to avoid them when they come online. Um, I will watch them when they're here at Screenland, just because I don't want to be that weirdo that's like covering his eyes and you know putting holes in my ears. But I was invested from that first trailer, like Jordan Peele and UFOs. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Like, and the UFO genre is one of those that not a lot of films in there, but the ones that are there are pretty effective. Right, because either like sci-fi nowadays is either the aliens a full-on assault or attack, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or it's like we're trying to figure out a communication with it. There's not like some sort of like it's either one or the other. Well, yeah, you're either like fire in the sky or you're interstellar. Or you're Mars attacks. You know? <laughs> so attack. it's Great. Ak-Ak. It's Ak-Ak. So it's one of the two. Like a full-on invasion attack the block when it comes to like aliens and stuff. Or like we need to communicate and become peaceful with them. But like this, this one, one thing I like about Jordan Peele is 
he takes everything that he loves and you don't think it will work, but the way he filters it out, it does. For example, with you don't think like if you were to nerd knowledge, uh, that's get out, the craziest thing yeah, on some of these. If, yeah. if you were to nerd knowledge, or I'm okay. saying to get out uh, us, you would have like Dead Ringers, Chud, and like Michael Jackson's Thriller or something <laughs> yeah, along those yeah. lines. And you're like, how? What? What does that mean? Where is that connection is that coming from? But then yet you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Throwing mice of men references in there, you got you got it. And it's just like, wow, how did that work? This one, you have elements, and I'm, I'm trying not to get spoiled. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah, cause if you did a true tr nerd knowledge with this, it would throw you off. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it absolutely would. Because there's one movie in particular where I'm like, this yeah. is written all over it, but instead of the location where it's at, it's the exact opposite. I'm uh, we're going to get to spoiler territory eventually, but I will say this. From the get-go watching this, and I did watch it the first time on a Thursday night, opening night, packed in Theater One. So, I mean, people were ready for Peel's newest movie, and it played, like, amazing. The, the funny parts hit, the jump scares hit, the creepiness in the cinematography. Yeah. You could hear people going, Ugh. Oh, speaking of, you know what gave me the, before we talk about the movies, you know what trailer gave me the fucking willies on this one? Fall. Oh, I thought you were going to say Oppenheimer. No. <laughs> <laughs> right? That fall. Yeah. Fuck! I was tense just watching that goddamn trailer. Well, they they take they take the most basic, simple concept and make it work. It's like the forty-seven meters down with mm -hmm. the sharks. Instead of going below water, now we're just going way up in the sky. No, mm -hmm. it's terrifying. Yeah, fuck all that noise. No, all of that. Um, I will say there's definitely some humor in this movie. Mm -hmm. Then there's the humor, or I shouldn't even say that's not the humor. There's the moments you guys laughed at. Um, there's, a, there's a subset of humor. There's some humor. There's so, intentional humor. There's unintentional humor. And there's humor that there's shouldn't, monstrous be fun. Humor. There's, shouldn't be laughed at, yet it is. So I've watched this three times now with three different audiences. You're the only two that <laughs> laughed, guffawed, giggled, and... I will, to your credit, you all kept it in pretty well. I probably wouldn't have known it unless I was sitting right next to you. <laughs> but when these guys are, like, suppressing all this, thank God they did, because it is quiet as a church in the theater when these moments are happening, that in the two screenings I went to, everyone was dead quiet, freaked out. <laughs> Never in a million years would I think you guys would have, like, a Max Katie moment. <laughs> And especially in the moments that we'll eventually get into, which are nuts. Um, the cast of this movie, we got some of the Jordan Peele regulars at this point. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Ka How do I say his last name? Kaluuya. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Probably my favorite bit in this movie because how introverted he is. Okay, he, so. The, you, yeah, he's just so indifferent throughout the movie and it's amazing. Okay, I don't know if if I was like like having like an out of body experience or like deja vu, but like when they're doing because and it's in the trailer, right? Yeah, oh yeah. When they're doing, they're like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm over here doing the thing, getting ready. Where's we need someone to talk and do that stuff? The door <laughs> kicks open. Who comes in? Not Kiki Palmer, Genius McGee. Right, and I'm like, hey, let me tell you about this. Da -da 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 -da, right, and then you're over there at another one. Yeah, that's another great. Right, and so. <laughs> Their chemistry 
<laughs> and the way they relate as siblings. It just mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of a Friday Night Fright. I mean, just like... Oh, that entire safety speech sequence, from the first time I watched it, I'm like, as soon as this is available, either via YouTube, Blu-ray... I'm showing that sequence in my speech class. <laughs> Just in terms of, you got him, he's got his head down, he's not projecting. And because he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well, I'm welcome to Haywood Studio. Louder in the back! And, like, um, then, and then poof, she comes Hey, in. let me tell you what's going on about our studio! It's, it's incredible. <laughs> but it also, even like within the first five minutes, and I, you know, you get a glimpse of podcast royalty, Keith Mother Lovin' David in yes. this movie. Yeah. Which was such a nice. I was not expecting that. First of all, I wasn't expecting like Keith David to show up. I'm like, hey. hey, it's Keith David. But then later on, I'm like, Os- Osgood Perkins. Okay, I was doing a little, little peripheral viewing when you and you did the. Ah. Hey, he was the asshole director mm-hmm. in that whole sequence when they're shooting, and the, she, she's here on set. Everyone, give yeah, it up. Good, uh, yeah, good to do one. one. Right, good job. He just playing just like that scumbag as second AD. On set, that's just so friggin' wonderful. And actually, we were just talking John Wick four off uh, screen. I was afraid we were going to get some John Wick esque like horse shenanigans and horseplay. Oh, I would have loved it. Me some too. Ho- some horse foo. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't get that. But I don't know about you all, but the fact that Michael Wincott is in this movie was such a nice surprise. And there's going to be some of you like Who? Michael. Win- you and you you might not necessarily recognize the face, but it's. His voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got that Buck Flower esque, very low drawl, like gargling with Tom Waits. I mean, think about it, like with Nietzsche's as Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> now, I was first familiar with him as the main bad guy in The Crow. What? Uh, and he's yeah, also probably the best from where I remember him too. And he's shown up in like Alien Resurrection. Mm-hmm. But he is one of those character actors that it's like cool. Just in there. Just just doing what he needs to do. Chewing scenery as this famous cinematographer. In fact, that getup he has at the very end there. That kimono. It's weird. It looked like Boba Fett. <laughs> he had like the tunic and like the, the long scarf. And and the, like, it looked like the, the he was like a, an, ex, an extra in Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Or um or uh it, it, like the antithesis of Marlon Brando in the Isle of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Does he have like a little, like a little weird person mutant next to him and a bucket of ice on his head? Hello, Kevin. No, you don't even look like bringing it back. He looked like one of the uh, horse riders on the mummy. One of the ones that were like protect that were fighting Imhotep, but the the black guard. But we're not talking the Scorpion King, though. Correct. That's true. Not the Scorpion King. That's what I really dug about this movie in terms of the themes. If we want to kind of go there, is I do think there's this idea of Hollywood and just the system itself as just this thing that just crushes people, like your hopes, your dreams, and you're also your disposal. Mm-hmm. Like you're just a your commodity of what's current. But then there's just so many people that have contributed over time, and their contributions have been ignored or forgotten. And a lot of people are people of color of that. I mean, and that's what I also dug with this, just in terms of that whole idea of. Haywood being there from the beginning. Yeah. I also thought one of the themes in this movie was um, kind of like man versus nature type situation mm-hmm. where, like, 
it's the folly of man trying to control something we have no understanding of and the commercialism of it. And the first thing people want to do when something is brand yeah. new is to capitalize on yep. everything, mm-hmm. whether it be. And right. this is the and this is the fault of everybody in town because the first main thing it wasn't about. Sur- this whole movie is not about survival. At the beginning, it's about like it's capitalism. Let's, yeah. let's see if we can capture something, proving everything, so we can be rich. And from him and her and Stephen Yen, everybody is falling victim of this. Mm-hmm. And there's even that moment where he's talking about, you know, pops made something real. You know, he left a legacy, and there's just this idea of doing something real, something mm-hmm. that like contributes to something. I actually kind of like known that. For it. Yeah, yeah, and even if it's not necessarily what. You grew up in just in terms of you know you can make your own legacy you know you're not necessarily whatever you're birthed into you can't expand and go out I love that uh, Stephen Jung in this movie thought he was killer he's great he's great yeah. in everything he, though I mean like everything that I've seen him I've always enjoyed him in well he's he's just very much he's got that he's almost usually usually he's like an audience surrogate mm-hmm. for the most part but in this case playing a former child star that had suffered horrific tragedy. Which, and again, that's not necessarily in the trailer, and again, we'll talk about spoilers eventually with that one there. Um, This movie is very, very Spielbergian, I think, in the sense of adventure, the sense of scope, but also the scope is not necessarily huge. It's very personal. And also signs-esque. Oh, very much signs-esque. I mean, because a lot of, it's like a lot of, like, shadow play and a lot of, like... Mm. You're not seeing the monsters. And it's also science-esque in the pacing. Because it took a while for the shit to get real in signs. It took a while for shit to get real in this movie. I mean, it's always you it always been real, but you don't realize how real it's it been really getting gets. until mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit. Yeah, until that's the pieces start to kind of fall in. That's yeah. what's going on. Kind of along the lines of like like a, a signs thing. So it had a little bit of Spielbergian and a little bit of Shyamalan. So like that's kind of a weird juxtaposition, again, with the nerd knowledge. Mm-hmm. But I like that, though, because you do really kind of care for the characters and their plight. And just that slow sense of the buildup from the first little bit of we get well of the UFO and the cinematography. So uh, Hoyt Van Hoytema Hoyt. Hoyt. Hoyt shot this movie. And the black and the, 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 the night cinematography, just the way it almost looked like silvery, mm-hmm. the way it was shot. I just thought that was stunning. And it was haunting. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, you, you f- don't know where you're supposed to look. No, it, you Yeah, are. exactly. And I mean, you're talking about out in the... Uh, I, I know we, we all live in the city. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a brother that lives out in the country. So, like, when, when the lights go off on the house, you're you can right. see everything because the, the stars were not there. And that's exactly what it looks like. You know, so for a person that's never been in, you know, a, away from light pollution... You're sitting there going, oh, they shot that great. No, that's what it actually looks like. like. You you can actually see things. Yeah. I well, thought it was stunning. Yeah, between this and the Northmen, just some night shots. And again, where you were looking at, and they're using every bit of and the screen. And you're trying to figure out, where, what where, am, I where am I supposed to, to look? Yeah, what am I exactly. looking for? Where? It keeps you engaged. This whole movie keeps you engaged. Well, and that first bit that you see in the clouds, and it's hit with that boom, that little bit of a, that the score in this, that opening cannot tell me they were not channeling some Brad Fidel in the Terminator. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it was so close yeah. to it. But they he goes 
all over the place in terms of the music itself. I mean, we got bits of like spaghetti western in there. A lot of spaghetti westerns, way more than I was expecting. No, and this is uh, Michael Abels, who's been doing his stuff, I know, with uh, us and Get Out. I th- This is one I think I'm going to pick up immediately because of the variety of the cues that he hit in there. But again, I felt a very strong Jaws vibe with this one as well. That's what I was... Especially in terms of the little bits that you see of the UFO initially. Mm-hmm. And this almost like cat and mouse game that comes out of everything that's happening there. I just, I was instantly engaged. Yeah, me too. And like, there's a lot of other Jaws references in this movie. This is one of the the main nerd knowledge ones on this one. But yeah, the way it's, you don't see everything. The way he just slowly peels back the curtains. And honestly, I thought it was going to zig when it was going to zag. There are certain parts in this movie where I'm like, "Is, is this this? Are those the aliens? And like, is this what it really is? And oh. then it's like, oh, you punk kids. So let, let's talk that first barn sequence because that that's like, or sh- okay, okay, that should be spoilers. Okay, so we're twenty seven minutes in. Go see this. I think we're all yeah, going to oh, say, yeah. go see this. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You say yep to nope across the board because at this point, everything we need to talk about, it is best. Kind of spoilery. Let's talk that barn sequence and that initial. We've seen the UFO in the sky. That thing mm-hmm. freaked me out. The faces and shit. And the fact that like it just kind of came out of the shadows otherworldly. And I was like, nope, no, no, no. That, I would have been the same thing. Nope. Mm-mm. That first shot establishes where you're looking for something. And then over in the corner, you see it. And that it's that alien looking at you. And I, I'm i not going to lie. The first time I saw it, I kind of giggled a little based on how they looked. But I was like, I'm going to let Jordan Peele take me on this ride. Because mm-hmm. I assumed... This was the this is the close encounter number one, right? Mm-hmm. And the noise they made, whatever that was, it was scary. Yeah, it was. It was just and the creepy. fact that it wasn't so much that that first one that rises up and stands up. It was the one that the came one. out of the horse stall. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And that's when we get the nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it was funny when he's like ah and punches it, he punches and then he turns out it was a kid, and that made me go. <laughs> well, you know that kid. It's, just part of their goof crew. <laughs> you're on a card with their goof crew. Yep. But unfortunately, those goof crews... They got... They reaped what they sowed. Genius. What do I say? Play stupid games, win, win stupid, stupid prizes, prizes. right? <laughs> Fuck around and find out. That's exactly. what happened. But then, after that, then, we get the initial... See, the initial attack mm-hmm. by the UFO, in which it is sucking up the, the fake horse. Mm-hmm. It's sucking up one of the other horses. And it's effective. But it should be noted again. We're talking spoiler territory. But then, it, but it, but even before it, it sounds like oh, they probably just went home, and it sounds like he's running off in the distance, and da 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 da. And you're like, okay, are these? We still don't know if they're benevolent aliens sure. or if they're um, again, uh, yeah, they're. Th- they're th- they lay it out for us. They're either intergalactic explorers, they're us from the future, right, trying to warn to us, things. or they're here to conquer. Yeah, and so they're like, those are the only three options. And you're like, okay, and you're still trying to figure out. And the fact that none of it's none of the above. No. It's absolutely none of the above. And that's what throws you for a loop. And that's one of the main like I don't ever remember seeing a movie where the UFO is the monster. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's my uh, that was my main knowledge. The fact that it's yeah. very Spielbergian. Instead of the, the shark in the water, the shark is in the clouds. Mm-hmm. And instead of like the um, bucket, the barrels that pop up of the water, it's that little uh, flag. The flag. Thing. Yeah. And I, I loved yep. it. And but seeing what the alien does terrified me. 
Oh, absolutely terrified me when they were all whoop and then so the just m- freaked me out. The fact that then they got shat out. The massacre at Stephen Young's amusement park. It's very. Let's just say this: Stephen King approved. Yeah, majorly Stephen King approved. It's a full on. At least forty people are taken up and, and eaten. eaten. And that's the thing. This is a giant monster. And from the get-go, when I realized it was a giant monster, in my head, I was like, is this Jordan Peele's secret kaiju movie? Like, could we have screened this or, you know, talked about this? In kaiju. In kaiju. Because my argument is, in a lot of ways, yes. Just in terms of being a giant monster that actually has multiple kind of forms, forms. in a way. Uh, lots of mass destruction. And as we see in some monster movies, some of these monsters are regional. It kind of makes sense that a monster would almost like disguise itself as a UFO to just fit in in that area. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, most people would say, oh, that's just, you know, an urban legend. You see UFOs in the sky here all the time. Well, the fact that the cloud didn't move, the fact that it could shape shift <laughs> and make itself look like a cloud. And so it makes sense that because Cloverfield was from, was a monster, one and done monster, mm-hmm. didn't fight anybody, he came from the skies. Um, Ghidorah came from another planet. Yeah, Ghidorah is the you know the monster, the, the, the alien space monster. So no, I will go. I will say yeah. This it's, is this is Jordan Peele's alien kaiju monster movie. The only question I've got is they said that that showed up six months previous, right? Mm-hmm. Was there never just a one hundred percent clear day where there's just one cloud? It's like, like why? <laughs> the hell? It's the, the cloud that's all as Charlie Brown yeah, whenever exactly. he's sad. <laughs> Just that other cloud puts him. a little mustache on itself. No, no, no. This is a different Nothing cloud. Nothing to see here. It's three clouds in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. Yeah, I will go to. I, I, I will listen to that argument. In fact, I'm convinced that well, this is just, a kaiju, even a alien kaiju. Final form. The final form. Yeah. It was billowy. It was very cool. The fact that like that thing that came out. We don't know if it was an eye or a mouth. I, or I, I couldn't tell that either. It almost like it was almost like um like um. Uh, a predator a like warning something yeah. like, "Hey, I'm flittering. I'm a, it's a snake. It's Take a another rattle. step, I'm gonna fuck you up." Yeah, and then it, it, it was both beautiful and terrifying. Oh, yeah. at the exact same time. Well, I, I would have been like, "Fucking nope, 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 nope." Well, even the going back to the massacre scene, poor Adrian, he had a society shunting little f- kind of flashback. The way when you see them going up the esophagus. It does not oh, look and pleasant. They're all together, no, and it's the like, pink <laughs> and the hue and the little slimy, like eh, yeah, right. You know. And the fact that the monster went over to their house and just decided to shit all over yep. their house. That that whole sequence, actually, from the moment you see on the window when it starts with the blood railing down, and then it's literally raining blood. And like you said, so here's the thing. Now, third time I watched it, that opening scene with Keith David. He was taking a we, shit, and it's also that's the technically the first time it shows up, as they said. It's marking its territory. Mm-hmm. They talk about it being territorial. It's territorial. It says, this is my spot here, and anything that comes up, I'm going to defend it, which I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, of course, we do lose Keith we David at that point. Can, can we just have just a, a moment for how cool Keith David looks on a cowboy hat oh on a horse? in any of the movies? Oh, my like God. Like the quick and the dead? Nope. I mean, just give the man a cowboy hat and just let him walk around for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can, can he be like the the advocate for a Western worst a Western wear store? He could be Creighton Duke's dad in the Creighton Duke Mysteries. Oh my God! Fuck it! Just just he can. <laughs> I'm actually all now for that. That's right? like that needs to happen. 
Oh my god. Yeah, when Creighton Duke can't solve a mystery by himself, he calls in his dad to help out. Of course. Papa Duke. Uh the fact that better than he Papa adds Doc, but his piranhas. Papa Doc. Uh he does add the gravitas that I think you need with something like this, on top of the normal peel players that he has. Because it was weird when he died, and I was like, glomps and you're like, okay, what Ooh. happened? Yeah. yeah. And it's a fucking nickel. And you're just like Wow, well, and and you know the the other thing too with we were talking about like the society esque kind of you know thing coming up and, and like the shower of blood was cool, but honestly the only other gore you really get is when Keith David dies. He's in the truck mm. with his son, and, and you, you can see, see the, that yeah. little like it'll go through his eye and yeah, yeah. you can see spurt the spurt while he's laying there. Severe. Yeah, it was very low on the gore, but uh, high on the terror because that hmm that 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 whole esophagus eating scene just. Just gave me the heebies of GBs. Well, now, I'm, speaking of terror, and it's not it's supposed to be funny. Good, because I was about to go there. I was like, I'm glad you at least got some heebie-jeebies because, boy, oh boy, you were having a, you guys were just slapping your knees for a couple of scenes. Are we are we talking about what what I think we're talking Apes about? Apes popping. Oh yeah, monkey, monkey shenanigans. Yeah, <laughs> shenanigans. And the movie itself opens. With this, and it, it, it's like it's like on The Simpsons, though. Like, should you tell them that all the monkeys we came back came back from space, super intelligent and violent? No, I don't think we'll be telling them that. <laughs> Just kind of like roller skates away. <laughs> it it's very ambiguous. You don't know what's going on. It's a decent CGI monkey for the most part. Like between this and RRR, we're seeing some pretty good CGI animals. Mm-hmm. But. All three audiences I saw this movie with, okay, all three of them, and these they're, they're flashback scenes, so they're peppered throughout the movie. None of them giggled. None of them <laughs> laughed. None of them guffawed. None of them were holding back these, these just mountains of laughter that you all were. They, were. they were terrified. They were silent. But here I am the third time from the moment it starts happening, from the first, like, raining blowdown upon one of them. You all just, like, I saw genius started. He had to turn over at one point to, like, suppress the laughter. I'm sorry. I know I'm a monster, but there's just something funny, funny about a monkey just... Going to town on people, just attacking people. Just like, it's always funny to me when like animal fails, whenever like because it's the folly of man. Whenever they bring out wild animals to like put on shows and shit, and then they're and then they go ape. Literally, that's what's gonna happen. It just makes me giggle when people try to like domesticate wild animals. That's why I like cats. Cats chose to be domesticated. <laughs> they wanted to be domesticated and like, okay, I want to. We want to live with humans and be served by them. Fucking apes didn't ask for that. Fucking bears didn't ask for that. Tigers didn't ask for that, right? So, like, whenever you show the scene of carnage going on, it just gives me the giggles because then, so as soon as everything started happening, my brain kind of nerd knowledge itself. So I started thinking, one, I started thinking about that woman in Florida who used to take bubble baths with her pet orangutan and feed it Zoloft and wine My and it God. ripped off her face, right? So I'm like, one, that's what you get, right? First of all, for keeping a wild animal. Second of all, feeding it Zoloft, Zoloft and wine, wine. Right? Of course it's going to rip off your face. It's a fucking wild animal. So that one gave me a giggle. Second of all, it reminded me of on The Simpsons when they had, um, we now return to Gentle Ben. Gentle Ben, I think we need more less Homer Simpsons and more safety in schools. Roar! And then the beds, no, Ben, no! And they have to like cut to technical difficulties. So that thing going on in my head. And then the third thing is, the third thing going on, 
in the Kentucky Fried movie when they're like, oh, what do you mean? Bobo, he looks like a strapping young gorilla. Well, he's having problems mating. We think he might have some sort of form of uh, primate uh, intelligence. Roar! It just starts going off and tearing at people. So I got all these three hilarious situations going on in my mind. Meanwhile, fucking uh, that Bonzo is on the 40. screen. Bonzo's going on the screen doing his best DK Donkey Kong impression and slapping Playing the jungle shit japes on somebody's he's face. Some people. Super Smash Brothers. And he's like fucking taking out the cast of different strokes. So I'm over there cracking up. I'm like, well, small wonder better. Hope she has the better repair program because she just got fucked up. And then it got worse because then later on, oh, my first crush, my co star. And this is in the scene in Oh, God. You think, okay, maybe like, you know, the alien is, is the aliens are turning in to be, right? No, it's one of the coworkers that got her face ripped off, and off. she's like, ah, whoop, gets sucked up and gets eaten. I'm like, damn, she's having a bad life <laughs> going on. First, she gets mauled by a gorilla, then she gets eaten by a space shark. Like, <laughs> goddamn. That's actually somewhat appropriate, as you said. It's what we happens when we try to bring them in for our entertainment. Right? That's what happens. So, <laughs> Apparently, oh, this sky shark, well, he's not having a problem mating. Must be some sort of alien impotence. And just <laughs> the only thing probably missing for you guys at that point. What? Later on, he's talking about. Later on, he's talking about. Yeah, just that Siegfried and Roy, and it's like, Dude. okay, cool. Now again. If the family and friends of Siegfried and Roy are listening, are terribly sorry, but at the same time, it's a wild animal. It's a wild animal, and you're trying to put their own in a box and make it disappear. You know what I'm saying? At some point in time, they're going to have a fuck enough, and you reap what you sow. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I know better than to try to give my cats a bath. I learned my lesson. I got scratched the fuck up lesson learned you know what i'm saying <laughs> so i'm not gonna be like you know what <laughs> again on the simpsons kitty goes into the hat Row! when <laughs> so <laughs> it just it, gave no, me no, a giggle no, every fucking time knowing how your brain works it makes sense okay i'm not gonna say that but then seeing you also dustin also reacting I'm hey sure i'm just not as outgoing in, in regards to some issues like geniuses i still find the same shit funny that's just it i'm sure you you know had i not been there i don't know if you all would have been able to contain yourself probably not oh, hell no i'd have no. been kicking the couch <laughs> we would have been asked to leave someone went bananas right I probably would have played the little like technical difficulties like right in the middle of the And then he starts bringing it up talking about Chris Catan and I'm picturing oh, the whole scenario in my mind cuz I used to watch when it was the, that, that era, that era yeah, yeah, the Sherry every O'Terry. fucking weekend, right? So I could just picture Chris Catan just mauling Sherry O'Terry. <laughs> well, you know, and Will, and Will Ferrell comes in, "What's going on over here?" Oh, ah! Chris Kattan, like, beating Sherry O'Terry over the head as Mr. Peepers. The fact that we get a line in this movie is, Kattan is crushing it. And he is so sincere when he's given this SNL monologue. And the fact that he's saying what happened on SNL Was is not more, more yeah. the real life of well, what happened than, like... 
and then Dustin actually made the point. It's kind of a shame we didn't necessarily get a cut back to that, and especially if like The Rock <laughs> yeah, would have been we like had playing a as to a the Scorpion King. It would have right? been awesome to see like The Rock as Mr. Peeper Senior. Well, and the fact that he was saying that the, when everyone was talking about the jungle, that was triggering the thing. I just picture all of a sudden Bonzo just having like that fifty-year-old or thousand-year-old stare, and just hearing like beep, jungles, beep, having hearing jungle beep. sounds and like DK. Donkey Kong, right? <laughs> like the DK rap. Well, well even in like the sound design, you can hear <gasps> you can hear him getting more and more frustrated. <laughs> and then when, and the, then when the, the balloons, balloons came up, yeah. happy birthday! Ah, boom, boom, boom. And then I'm like, <laughs> the bad thing, and the, well, not the good thing is you don't see any of the violence. You see right. some of the. It's very muted. Like, oh, help me, Bonzo! And then the door closes, and then you just see like. Yep. Bonzo, maybe like a ta- like a couple of swings on a dead body, but at the same time, oh, it gave me the giggles. And then I felt so bad laughing afterwards. What? I'm like, dude, you shouldn't be laughing at them. But at the same time, there's the bloody shoe that's standing straight up. And you're like, <laughs> well, and then you, they try to do that. The little thing has that moment of compassion. He tries to do the fist bump. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, and then and the part popped. that I I unapologetically yeah. laughed at. You see him come in, it's like the SWAT team had to come in to get everything under control. They're doing the fist bump on yours. Now, that part, I stopped laughing because, like, don't kill the monkey. Like, so, like, I was hoping maybe they would show him, like, maybe with the tranquilizer darts sticking right. out of the side of the neck. Right. But no, it was monkey brains. And I was like, oh, man, that now it's not funny because the animal got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, kill all the ch- children actors. Oh, of course. And of the course. cast, you know, Willie. Right? But at the same time. <laughs> Alf goes nuts. <laughs> Gordon Shumway goes rabid. What, yeah, he, he, he ate a rabid cat. Yeah. <laughs> That's one bad kitty. Bad pussy. And then he just goes nuts. Anyway, no, I shouldn't have laughed at the... You know what? I ain't even going to apologize for it. I shouldn't have laughed at that part, but yet I did. I know I'm a monster. It's okay. I've come to grips with it. I, okay. and, I, and I've explained why. Blame Kentucky Fried Movie and The Simpsons. <laughs> they forever just ruined... It's okay, though. It's okay. It didn't ruin the movie for you. It just made you feel a little inappropriate at a certain point. That's okay. <laughs> That's par for the course with us, I think, at this point. Yeah. Um, but that whole bit of the SNL, Chris Kattan, the the subculture of people being a fan of that sitcom, and probably, again, the, the urban lore of what really happened, what he said, six minutes and 13 seconds mm. of chaos. Right. And the fact that a French couple paid $50,000 to spend the night in his, like, museum that, of that day. That that little bit when he's uh, he opens the door and she's like, oh, damn. <laughs> it's just like, should I be seeing this? Mm-hmm. Is this the green door that we're going behind? That's kind of fucked up, though, that he kept all the memorabilia and the Mad Magazine of, like... That's kind of fucked up on Mad Magazine, though, too. I just think it was Alfred awesome that it was Newman a secret is... room behind the Mad Magazine. Yep. It was like yep. it was like a VH1 behind the humor episode. Mm-hmm. He pushes on the wall and everything. Like, yeah, this, this is my wall of trauma. Welcome right. to my room in. of macabre. That basically would be. It really is. It, it's, it is. it's a museum to his trauma. Because yeah. it's still haunted him to and that day. And that's just it. You talk about them trying to corral the monkeys, him trying to corral his the kaiju. trauma. Yeah, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. You have to realize... What can be tamed, what can be broken, and what can't be. Which, again, I really like that. I thought that element kind of worked with it. Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, looking. I'm looking over my notes here. I actually had to write some stuff down here. Question. Is this creature Italian? Because it has something to do with eyes. It is all about eyes. 
You yeah. have to be looking at this creature well, no, for it to attack. I don't know, if, but that goes with a lot of predators, though. True. You know what I'm Eye saying? Contact. For example, like, like you seen that video where that bobcat is cha- is walking after that guy, that trailer, and he has to walk backwards because the minute he turns around, that it's bobcat's gonna fuck him up. So okay, I that's think fair. That just, that's I fair. Think not necessarily Italian. I think it's just more of a instinctual thing. That works. That works. It, it, again, I've seen this now multiple times where I've just been like, okay, there's that, there's that. Is he because? Is there deeper meaning on this, or is it just a UFO, uh, you know, a.k.a. giant monster movie? I think... Oh, go on. No, I, I think there is. I, you know, and, and this is one of the, the old stereotypes. It's like, you, you get like... <laughs> I hate saying it this way, but the caucasity of certain film like characters, mm-hmm. they always want to run into the unknown. But you have the, the two African-American characters. Nope. 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 Like, the, there was the part where Daniel Kaluuya is, is in the car... And the the ship comes right over top of the car. And he's like, he's like, nope. he gets ready to get outside, opens the door, and he looks, starts to look up, and he's like, nope, shuts the door and locks it. It's like they know something bad is is happening, but it's like you always see the character want to rush into this, like the the untrained character want to rush into this and this hazard. And it's our tech guide. So, did you guys like the tech guide? I did. Okay, because yeah. he kind of serves as comic relief in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. One of the themes I think he might, now I might be reading too much into this though, but one of the themes I think he's going for is like, and it's weird to say that real versus practical or CGI versus practical because the monster is a big CGI Mm -hmm. thing. But you notice the person who actually figured out, okay, it's a mo- it's a predator. It, we need to treat it as such. Mm-hmm. Was the animal trainer mm-hmm. the one mm-hmm. that just had all of us who knows the knowledge of what animals do and is being replaced every day by CGI? Ooh, and so I like, like that he's like, okay, yeah. we need more. We need more people who know how to handle camera. And for example, the cameraman. You know, once all the digital cameras went out, poof, they're stuck. But he came up with a way that you don't need power. So it's kind of like going back to the old school way of filmmaking versus the new modern CGI thing. So I think the monster in this one stood for all the bells and whistles and technology versus the actual people who make films with that knowledge, that yeah. old school factor of how to train animals, how to deal with like the, the situations, the scenarios that pop up when the lighting doesn't work, when the power goes down, when the cameras are out. So I think that's one of the underlying messages in that. Yeah, that I, makes sense. And this is very much a, I would almost, you could have probably paired this with like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. just mm-hmm. in terms yep. of behind the scenes of Hollywood, how things actually work, this and that. I just, I, I loved his character overall. Just in the in the aspect of like he just wanted to do his job. Like even when they realized that this thing was out there, he was like, "Well, I got to get up in the morning and feed the horses. We got mouse to yeah, feed. I, yeah, like, we got stuff we got to do." That's great that there's an alien invasion yeah. going on, but <laughs> I still so got shit to he do. He was just so indifferent to it, and there was only like one real time where you got to see like like any type of fear or any type of personality when him and his sister are walking back up to the house and she's like, let's get into dad's liquor cabinet. You got some smoke? And he kind of he kind of does the little the little juke thing when she tries to jump him. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you still got the reflexes. <laughs> and, and that's really the only type of personality, like the, the sibling rivalry that right. you get with the two. Because they worked well together, even though they know that like you know their goals might be a little different. They mm-hmm. still want the what's best for each other. Because even when they were fighting, they're like, no, we need to take care of this 
um, this stable, and you're over there worrying about your side hustles and trying to promote. And he goes, exactly. no, 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 correction. This stable is my side hustle. Right. This is your thing. I'm just here to offer my assistance. Yeah. So he- it's it feels like a, a real dynamic uh, family relationship. It really does. I mean, and I, I it was so believable because I think I've had those same conversations with my brothers, brothers. at times. Right. It's just like no, th- th- no false. This, this isn't this, our project. This, this, this is, is your a, thing. This is important to, to you. you. <laughs> I'm just offering my assistance, and now I'm done. So <laughs> now, question: What do you think then of just in terms of their collaboration and the plan? Like you said, to get the shot. That's what I like about this movie. It wasn't necessarily to best the creature. It's just like. Let's get that perfect shot, mm-hmm. the definitive proof that maybe will make our life a little bit easier. I kind of have an issue now that I've watched the movie three times that they do end up killing the creature. Is it dead, though? I, I don't know. Maybe it's a new form, possibly. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, maybe and, it just has again, bad gas and gets knocked out. You know? and, and, again, we were some of the only people that laughed when the the, the high boy popped. Pop! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Everyone laughed during that point. <laughs> Every theater I've been to, because it's so, it sounds funny. Is it? It's just kind of like, oh, yeah. like popping okay. one of those mylar balloons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and after everything's big, loud, bombastic, it's just in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of like, oh shit. What well, do you think? Like kids are going to be trying to like suck the thing out of it to change their voice? You Maybe. know, if it's. <laughs> but the thing, the funny thing is, it look like like this weird. It looked like an alien blow-up doll that exploded when it died. <laughs> it had like this weird kind of humanoid shape, yet it was still almost the way kind the of wacky wavers. Yeah, exactly. Like wacky waving inflatable wacky. flailing arm tube man. So it looked like a blow-up doll, like one of those little grays, just a blow-up doll <laughs> in space in the, in the sky. It was a super unique design, mm-hmm. and the, the fact that it was so simplistic that it was just kind of like hiding using its camouflage, or maybe that was its um, speed. Form, you know, to get from one form to another, oh, and yeah. that big thing was like, it's I'm, like a I'm peacock. On the attack. All the fl- feathers are out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, I, I really liked that multi-form angle of this monster. Mm-hmm. Like I said, kind of tied to the kaiju and aspect. And I love the fact that it's a monster. It's a monster. It's not a fleet of nope. like little creatures, or it's not like you know a weather balloon or anything <laughs> like that. It's and well, we're going to, we're going to complete Roswell on that one, right? Nice weather balloon pull, yeah. Or or it's that little boy that got caught in his dad's weather balloon. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. balloon boy. And then it <laughs> happened two more times, and they're like, "You do yeah. fucking stop, stop putting your kid this in balloons and flying kid. it up in the air." Yeah, let's not you do know? that. I'm like, if you want to get rid of the kid, there's other ways. Watch 48 Hours, but don't like send him up in the. <laughs> he turns on a case of the first 48. <laughs> no way. He goes, hey, hey, Billy, we got you an audition for this no show with a with an ape. <laughs> oh God! Wow. I would say too soon, but that's kind of funny. That's funny. You're, you're, you're controlling the laughter. I, I agree. I, that. I agree. Circle gets the square. I'll <laughs> take Shadow Stevens. He's going to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> and the capital of Nebraska is Lincoln. <laughs> Shadow Stevens. All comes back to Kentucky. <laughs> this alien's got impotency. <laughs> so, final thoughts as we wrap things up on Nope here. Absolutely enjoyed it. I, and I will say bonus points for having a Mr. Bungle shirt in the movie. <laughs> that was a nice moment. And listeners, let me know if you guys are monsters too, or if me and Dustin are the only ones that are like that laugh at inappropriate pseudo humor. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think out there. Some people giggled. Come on now. Come on now. If they're listening to us. We now return to Gentle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, thank you for sitting in and talking oh, it with us. Thanks for the um, invite to watch the movie, man. Of course, of course. Now, I will say, 
in the month of August, uh, we do have, we've got a commentary lined up, and we have a new horror episode lined up. I'll say it right now, it's not theatrical. Uh, it is streaming only via Hulu, and I believe we're going to be doing a little cross-potting as well for the Media Rewind. Want some candy? <laughs> so until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Wait. Mothers and runaway daughters, reunited by their hatred of Homer Simpson. And here's your host, Gentle Dan. <laughs> Let's have less Homer Simpsons 